Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center for C. The name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of. So I thank you for listening. I'm here today with Tisha, as always, from the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I am lovely. I'm excited about abundance. It's a good, it's a good positive, like feeling word because I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like something's coming to me soon. Good, good. We want to get into this vibration, right? Yes. Get into the good vibes this week, as always. So, and also thinking about the topic of abundance versus scarcity mindset, I do want as a disclaimer to talk about, you know, none of, no scarcity that I talk about tonight is going to be the kind of, you know, food scarcity, poverty, uh, war. Let's, you know, I want to say my heart goes out to everyone in the Ukraine. And I know that we're all thinking about them and kind of holding our breaths and praying for them. And so I don't, in what we're going to talk about today, scarcity does not mean anything that, you know, requires an intervention. And it's more of enough versus not enough, or seeing and believing what will come to you and what can come to you versus not seeing that abundance, not feeling like you're thriving in life or achieving things or even attracting things. So this parallels very nicely with the law of attraction and a lot of what we talk about on Slightly Unmeditated. I'm all over it. (laughs) So I wanted to begin just talking about these mindset differences and and actually um, shouting out to Stephen Covey because he uh, coined the term abundance mentality or abundance mindset in his 1989 bestseller, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I I had the honor and privilege and pleasure of doing a training back in 2001. And the interesting thing is I'll never forget it because my Covey training at the manufacturing company that I worked for um, was during 9-11. And I'll never forget being pulled out because we were actually in the training. So we were away from news, even in offices of people hearing something or having the radio on and uh, were pulled out of it because I worked in manufacturing. We had a manufacturing plant and I was the communications person that made me the public information officer. So I'll never forget that because we went right into incident command shut down the plant or decide what we needed to do because nobody knew what was happening in the world. Right. Wow. So I'll never forget that. I always think about Stephen Covey and then that poignant being pulled out of the training to um, see what was going on in the world and holding our breath. So also thinking of Ukraine right now, because this is very similar, everyone holding their breath and what does this mean and where are things going and people are suffering. So again, again, (laughs) yeah, yeah, again, again. So a scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset that Stephen Covey talked about scarcity uh, mindset is there's not enough 
or um, not, you know, seeing limits to opportunity or not seeing opportunity at all. It also could mean if someone else wins, you lose. Mm. So the subtle piece of a scarcity mindset is I need to get for me and mine. And if I don't, if someone else gets for themselves, I get less. Right. And it's a kind of mindset. And we've all talked enough about ego to know that scarcity mindset comes very much from ego because it's worried and trying to solve a problem for you. Like what if there isn't enough toilet paper? Like we saw that. What if there aren't enough supplies? We saw that in the beginning of COVID. People weren't sure what was going on. Uh, Talk about crises where you're not sure what's going on and what we need to do and thinking there might not be enough. What if there's not enough? I was just talking about Y2K with somebody the other day. Yes. Do you remember that? We all had to go to the bank and take all our money out just in case we couldn't use anything electronic, you know, any electronics and stuff. That's crazy. We just brought that up too. So yeah, I clearly remember that as well. Yeah, I remember that well too. Sure. Thinking, what if? I better stockpile. I better get things going. Another good example of a scarcity mindset that's subtle and common is, do you have enough for retirement? Now, it literally might be that you don't, um, that anyone might not have enough and to start saving, but it also might be, how much is enough? Mm. We don't, you don't know. You, You kind of don't know. I mean, Investment people can do an extrapolation or, you know, you can figure it out. Or if you happen to be one of those lucky individuals with a pension that's right. fewer and far between these days, then you might have, you have a calculation that you know. But then again, we can still get ourselves in a scarcity mindset. Well, what if, well, what if that's not enough when I'm 80? Well, what if, you know, what if I live to be a hundred? Is what do, do I run out of money? What happens then? Who takes care of me? Um, do I have enough money to travel the world? How much does it cost to travel the world? How much is going to cost in 20 years to travel the world? So, you know, it we can get ourselves very much worried and very thinking and noodling on not enough. If I pulled it right down to the core, not enough, I'm not getting enough, I might not get enough. Go ahead. I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. I could see this look on your face. <laughs> it was like, oh, something very profound is coming out right now. Not, not, yet. not yet. Well, when it will in a second because we're going to get to abundance. So the abundance mindset is there's enough. There will be enough. There's enough to share. There's enough resources. And it also has a, like a trust factor to it. Like, I'll do my part. I'm going to work and do whatever. You know, it's not that I'm just sitting back and waiting for lots of money or fame to come my way, but it's more of there is enough, there will be enough, and a trust in the future. Right. So I can look at it any other way, right? I'm sitting here trying to think. (laughs) how do you like how do you rationalize that to a normal person um but even my own history is like even when I 
when things were bad in my 20s and my credit cards were maxed out and I no one taught me about what credit cards were and how they worked, you know, all of that 20-year-old mistakes that you make. Um, and, of course, I didn't even know the law of attraction back then, you know, mm-hmm. so I just figured it worked out. And, of course, I paid the price eventually, but there was always enough. Like, there was not a time where I can think, like, you know, I wasn't homeless and things mm-hmm. did work out. And I may be eating ramen noodles for a couple of weeks until things worked out. But there was a way at some point. And now, of course, being the person I am, I'm just totally can't even understand a scarcity mindset at all. Because I that's like a key note of the law of attraction is that there's enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. but you have to stay in that right mindset to, to uh, achieve that. Right. Less competitive, that more that you can attract more good in your life by focusing on the good in your life or the safety net or being grateful for the ramen noodles. Right. And not being homeless when you might have overspent and you needed to work your way out of that. Yeah, even recently, I find that once I stopped worrying about money, and and I kind of grew up in that where we were always like next paycheck, you know, family. My parents paid for two Catholic school educations mm-hmm. plus some college. Um, and so, like, I remember even telling my dad, like, I know we can't have, like, brand new furniture every year because – you guys are doing all the rest of this stuff, you know? And I remember him being so appreciative of that. Like, thank you for noticing and, you know, and so anyway, from my twenties and stuff, I would always have that mindset, especially now um, in the last few years where I don't worry about it and things just continue to come. They always work out. Mm-hmm. Feeling supported. So yeah. that can be even in a spiritual sense, feeling supported, looking back and saying, you know, I've had tough times, but things have worked out or things have, you know, fallen into place. And or I've been even even abundance because, you know, your own actions can help and that you've been able to pull yourself out of a hard place. In fact, it makes me think, too. Uh, of a couple of questions. So do you, you know, I know what you might answer this, but I want to pose this to any listeners too, is where this also comes into a glass half full or glass half empty uh, kind of conversation. (laughs) Guess which side I'm on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) And uh, do you know, do you consider yourself a pessimist, a realist, or an optimist? Well, optimist 1000%. Some might say delusionally so. (laughs) That's right. Delusional optimist. (laughs) (laughs) And I've always been an optimist too. I feel blessed to be an optimist. But but there have been times when I felt like I 
was maybe not as optimistic as the person I was talking to. And I felt like I was being more of a realist. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's rare for, for me to have the shoe on the other foot there, or then actually feel like, wow, maybe I'm the pessimist. I mean, there right. have been, there have been topics, conversations where I went, man, I'm really a pessimist. Why am I so pessimistic on this particular topic? Right. And so you might find that it's it's something that someone thinks well not fully across the board but when it comes to this i'm an optimist and when it comes to this i'm a realist and or a pessimist um it also makes me think of like how we see each other as well do we see the best in everyone or do we see the worst and we we can choose that we choose it every day what are we paying attention to right do you think more people are optimists, pessimists, or realists? I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think it might lean towards pessimism. Yeah, between pessimism and realism, I think our, us optimists are a little bit more fewer and far between. I think because the brain's natural tendency is to anticipate a problem Mm -hmm. that our ego can lead us into more pessimism because the ego wants to manage your expectations so that you're not disappointed. Right. And uh, don't, you know, don't think big things because what if it doesn't come to pass? But if you are pessimistic and you think everything's going to fall apart and it doesn't, won't you be so happy? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and this is actually, I think, one of the false, uh, the ego's falsehoods is that, no, we tend not to be so happy because we're really managing our happiness. Don't be too happy. It's it, you know, you're not super happy when things don't completely fall apart. You're looking at the next thing and worrying about that falling apart. Yeah. The old when's the shoe going to drop theory Mm -hmm. of life. Right. And the brain sticking like Velcro to the problems versus the good. Yeah. I would say, I mean, not super long ago, I was definitely a shoe dropper, a shoe believe a shoe drop believer <laughs> yeah too many good things are happening uh-oh where's the level yeah. coming right and oh god forbid i would say it even out loud right mm-hmm. so now it makes me realize how far down the positivity rabbit hole i've fallen because like to even imagine thinking those things gives me the shivers like no <laughs> like you know or to hear other people be pessimistic like hurts my feelings mm. It yeah. can feel harsh. The more optimistic you get, the more angry you might get it when you when you have to be in conversation with a pessimist. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny. It can actually be a trigger too. I'm gonna admit this, is that sometimes it's it's um I don't know, it just triggers me like if someone's too pessimistic and yeah. I it triggers me to be like, wow, that's so negative or, or don't put that out. You're predicting it. It's going to have, it's now it's going to fall apart. This is going to be the worst. It's like, don't, no, don't say that. Shh. You know, I get a little, I'm not superstitious. And then all of a sudden I get superstitious. Like, yeah, you know. no, I'm, that's totally my response all the time. Like, mm-hmm. well, don't <laughs> tell them that, you know, don't put it out there. Yeah. No, well, I believe that. And when it comes to, 
where you might fall between abundance and scarcity mindset. I think the key, the coaching key here is to catch yourself. Now that I've defined them, to catch yourself and note when you are in either place. You know, when you're feeling like there is enough and things are good and they will continue to be good and that you could even attract attract more prosperity or more joy in your life and good things coming your way versus the time that your mind slips into, uh oh, what if there's enough? There's not enough. Right. Because if you're aware of it, you can think yourself into a better place because the future is fiction until it gets here. So it doesn't mean, you know, that, okay, so you have a scarcity mindset and then maybe you go, I better save for a rainy day. I bet that's, you know, that's good. That's probably the good way to uh, view that. But so I'm I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, don't always live on the edge, live paycheck to paycheck um, in that scenario. So I'm realizing like what I do sometimes when I maybe slip over into the scarcity mindset of things aren't working out as I hoped. Um, I know you said when you lost your son, you would read stories that in a, essentially were far worse disasters mm-hmm. yes. and whatever. So I do tend to go to that too. Like, well, at least my legs work and at mm-hmm. least, you know, like that is, I guess a gratitude just in a sort of back asswards sort of way of. It is knowing that yeah. there's worse, right? Right. Like, that happened to me just yesterday. You know, I was just like, oh, I could not shake this feeling. And then I started thinking, well, I, I'm not laid up in my bed. I'm not, you know, dependent on medications and, you know, I'm not hospitalized. I'm not they're like every worst thing I could think of. <laughs> and it actually did make me feel better that, uh, you know, I kind of gave myself a new perspective that, well, things may not be great, but at least you're not this. Right. And that's gratitude. That is gratitude right there. We can shake it. It's not uncommon for us to get into time periods where we're, you know, feeling funky, you know, you get into a funk. Um, and so that's, you're human. It's it's not a criticism, but to be able to shake it off is to spend time with the good, good, even and especially nice trick is to spend time with the good that you take for granted. Like yeah. my legs work right? and there's food in my fridge and yeah. I have a comfy bed and I have my health and, you know, and even let's say someone who doesn't have their health, but they have good resources to get healthier. Even that could be something that kind of shakes you out of that funk. Like, because one of the things with the scarcity mindset, um, you know, your set point, your conditioning, how, how you were raised, you know, what did the people around you model? This is a common theme we talk about that applies to a lot of different things. And then uh, the work of, let's see, what is her name? I wanted to share Katie uh, Veresen, uh, 
Vera, I can't even read my own handwriting here, but uh, <laughs> she's the executive and leadership coach. And I just loved, she put together some information versus four different categories of like point of view, um, physical energy, emotional energy, and mental energy and in versus scarcity versus abundance. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, Tisha's going to love this. <laughs> I'm ready. Because <laughs> those are cool for four categories, right? Point of view, yeah. physical energy, emotional energy, and mental energy. So here goes. In the scarcity side, in the, the point of view is you're a victim, mm. you know, a bully or simply checked out. Now, this is really cool to think about. A victim, meaning, yeah, I don't have enough. Things aren't working for me. Think Eeyore. Oh, that always happens to me. (laughs) And a bully. So then you're like, well, a bully. Well, it's because you're trying to get for yourself. Maybe. In scarcity mindset, feeling like, hey, this is a dog-eat-dog world. I got it. Would would that example be Veruca Salt from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Ooh, like she needs everything now. Yeah. An egg, all the stuff. And then she went down the trash chute. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) I found that movie very creepy. I hope that doesn't affect it. So I'm glad you continued to explain that because I was going to, I was thinking, oh, do I embarrass myself by saying I'm not familiar with all the characters? (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, she was the daddy I wanted now, kind of <laughs> brat. Yeah. She was a bully and a brat. But yeah, because she didn't feel like she had enough. Right. But even though she was wealthy, she just mm-hmm. took it all for granted. And yeah. Right. right. And then even scarcity simply checked out could just be like, you know, maybe feeling like you're not even in the game. Maybe it's just like, I can't, won't. You know, feeling barriers and obstacles. Would would that bring up a like a why bother attitude? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. understand. I'll never that get either. anywhere. Why, you know, why try that kind of thing? Sure. So that's the point of view. So in scarcity mindset, victim, a bully, or maybe just simply checked out, like no hope. An abundance mindset point of view is you're in the driver's seat. Feeling like you have some control, feeling like things are going to be good, and that you're driving to where you want. In a scarcity mindset, your physical energy, what might that look like? So tense body, contracted, you know, shoulders, jaw, maybe shortness of breath. It's like that worried worried sense. And think about what are we worried about? Maybe we could boil a lot of our worries down to not enough. And that could apply to not enough of a lot of things. Uh, Not enough attention, not enough love, not enough creature comforts. Right. So we could be very tense about that whole thing. We could be very judgmental, even judgmental to ourselves about not enough. And in the abundance physical energy, it's more relaxed and alert, you know, expansive posture, sort of balanced presence, 
breathing deeply and evenly, sort of even our physical being is more calm and centered, as we talk about on the show, grounded and centered in the space of things are okay and life is abundant. Now, the emotional energy. So in in a scarcity mindset, you might have a very drained feeling. The interactions that you have might feel drained, intense. You're feeling frustrated, impatient, anxious, afraid, angry, overwhelmed, and powerless. Now, I say those things. They are natural emotions we have at some point in our life. These aren't you know, off the wall types of feelings. So you might notice that might help you notice when your emotional energy is feeling frustrated, impatient, anxious, afraid, angry, overwhelmed, and powerless. We often think it's because somebody's not doing enough for us. Mm. And there might be obviously situations where that is true, but it's it's a very negative space. You know, you're giving your power over to maybe the pressure and staying in an emotionally frustrated energy rather than maybe moving your mind to feeling like you're not a victim of all of that, even your own feelings. And you're feeling in an abundance mindset, you're feeling empowered, engaged, positive, like you're working on something bigger than yourself, maybe, energized and inspiring others, excited about challenges and growth ahead. So it's common that we would need to shift ourselves. You know, we can shift and move this energy when we feel it. And it's a little red flag, like, ah, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, everything's not working. We can shift the energy, that funk we talked about, right? You can shift the energy and go, well, how do you want to feel? Right. And so these mindsets are all about different areas of life, right? So there's many areas of life where I'm all pro-abundance, like oh, I'm all over it you know, mm-hmm. happy, stable, moving forward. Then there's some things that I'm like frustrated about all the time. So I have a negative mindset, a, a scarcity mindset about home repair. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have to good example in real life that every, I, even cleaning my house gets irritating because I think about all the stuff that needs fixing And I can't find anybody reliable to do it. So I immediately, I'm living in that scarcity mindset. It's such a trigger for me. (laughs) It might be. That's a perfect example, too, of, uh, like, if something breaks, there's not enough. I mean, there's not going to be a repair person. Oh, no. Or even just the what if something breaks and it's complicated and what do I do? Thinking that you don't have enough resources to help you. So it's normal to have that. But I think what I'm, what I'm really going for is just to notice it and be able to label it so that you can shift out of it. For example, you could notice that for yourself and then shift that energy because you don't want to feel frustrated and anxious and angry and overwhelmed. 
Like this is not good for me. Um, I, 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 I need to feel better. Like it's going to work out. Kim, like think about if it was me, Kim, calm down and just start <laughs> calling plumbers. No, <laughs> we, we actually had a plumbing problem not that long ago. And I have to say, you know, my husband was really good about handling it and got the person there. And we both were like, you know, right. When we got a hold, because of course it happens on a Friday night. Right. So always, <laughs> always. <laughs> but you just stayed the course and, you know, calmly and not too panicky. And uh, cause it is winter. And so then that, that can make things more complicated, but you know, definitely just, uh, not wanting to stay in the energy of being overwhelmed and powerless. And we talk about that a lot in coaching to back up, you know, take a step back. You know, you might journal something out because you want to be in a better emotional energy that's good for you and even healthier because stress is being tied to a lot of ailments these days. So even if things are hard, you're still in a better place you know, mental and physical place, if you can be calm and believe that things are going to work out. Yeah. It never occurred to me to like fix that on a case by case basis. Right. <laughs> like I'm just thinking about that. Like, tra la la la, everything's great. Oh no, the, the light doesn't work. Right. And then I'm immediately like the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket because now I have to figure out where to get somebody to help. Right. So like, that's how much it takes over then. And then I kind of forget all the rest of the good stuff, but it never occurred to me like, like to manage it situationally to like, think of it more of abundance and use the law of attraction even to be like, mm -hmm. okay, when I call this company, they're going to answer the phone and they're going to do this. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's like, if, have you ever heard of the parking angel? So the the parking, oh. <laughs> the parking lot angel or whatever, it's, it is like the secret. It's the law of attraction. It's you pull into a, a crowded parking lot and you're like, oh no, I'm not going to find a place to park. Or you go, okay, parking angel, I'm looking for a parking spot. And, and again, putting it out, like it's going to work. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. Am I going to find what I'm looking for? So it it is shifting to that more. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's out there right. and I'm going to find it. Even if I have a unique plumbing problem or an electrical problem uh, to your light example is like, okay, I could be frazzled over this or I could believe that I'm going to find the right resource. And in a calm state of mind, I'll be able to do that. So there are right. obviously more it. challenging examples than that, but those everyday frustrations, they add up in our physical being and modern life is complex. So we do have a lot of that low level frustration, I think, that adds up over time and builds in our bodies and, and then we become stress balls, but then we go get a massage and everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's like that. That's probably why it's so good, because they're kneading out the, the, all the stress that we pile in there with our emotional energy. I know. Right. I must have a lots of it in there. Right. I think I'm well, 
I thought I was doing better than I am. (laughs) Given some of these examples. This is the worst I've ever seen you. Yeah, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like when you go to the masseuse, like yeah. what is you're all ten? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that pretty bad. That brings us to mental energy. So these three different types of energy: physical, emotional, now at mental, confused, disorganized, narrow in your thinking, uh, only focusing on what's not working. Um, in a typical thought pattern in, in the scarcity, this is the scarcity. I have no choice. Whereas in the abundance is a feeling of clarity, the ability to perceive multiple angles, to listen actively, notice what others are seeing or not seeing flexible and adaptable. And a typical thought pattern in an abundance mental energy is, I always have a choice. And if I were to notice something new, what would it be? It gives you like creative agency, um, creative problem solving, uh, non-judgmental beginner's mind. So there's in the abundance, there is definitely mindful qualities in there. Creative, non-judgmental, beginner's mind. I'm going to look at this with fresh eyes. So that just gives you a little bit of an example of how we can shift and where we want to be. And it's not necessarily that we are the victim of circumstance to be in one or the other. Because again, we're not talking about literal scarcity, poverty, not the big a big social issue type scarcity. It is, we're talking about those everyday stressors and the things that don't go our way, the things we can't control. An abundance mindset is to, you know, just moving yourself to that calm, grounded, centered place, believing that you have control, you have agency, you have, you are empowered. You're going to work on this. You might even be working on a bigger picture of whatever the situation is. Rather than you're a victim, you're tense, you're anxious and overwhelmed and afraid or confused and disorganized and feel like you have no choice. Right. So that's just a a little bit of a tool um, to give you an idea of where you want to be, why you want your energy to be that way, uh, it's a lot less stressful. And we know that a lot of times, well, we are very good at working out problems. All right, we have these very good brains that do that. We don't need to add a lot of stress to ourselves. We can say, okay, do, do I trust in myself to be able to work this out and figure it out? So how does someone go from a lifelong pessimist into at least a realist, if not an optimist? But like, I know practice makes perfect and switching your mindset, you know, will help. But do you think that there's some people that just feel like my whole family's like this? So what? I'm just like this too. <laughs> right? I, what I would say to 
an open-minded, lifelong pessimist. <laughs> I don't know any. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Of course I do. <laughs> right. Is is just to know, and, and this actually works because I'm always talking about this and people have heard me talk about this, in, in, is when we understand our negativity bias in our brain, we go, oh, okay, it makes sense. Oh it's not gosh. just literal fact that, you know, we're, we're anticipating a problem, problem solving, staying in the problems, you know, worried about the problems. It is the brain's natural tendency because of danger and survival. So when you say this, so I would say that to the pessimist that like, it is your brain's natural tendency to be that safety office for, officer for you and say, uh-uh, I don't want you disappointed. Don't have big expectations because you're only going to be disappointed. And, but I would say to that person also, but you're also keeping your joy low. You're, you're, you, you might, your brain saying it doesn't want you to be disappointed. I'd rather be disappointed and feel better along the way and be disappointed every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh monkey mind is probably like the biggest lesson that I've learned this in doing all these shows like that. And, and just that your thoughts aren't you that they're just mm-hmm. something passing through. And once you kind of wrap your brain around that, well, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> good pun. Good, really good pun. Yeah. <laughs> but once you once you kind of get on that train, it's so life-changing because it almost can change any situation, right? Like at least just the ones I've been through recently where I'm just like, oh, that's just my brain doing what my brain does. And instantly I'm out of it. Like it's so important that people know this, but it's so mind blowing how many people don't know this, like how, like what a revelation it is to so many people. A revelation and a revolution. We need to get more people to know that you are not a victim of your thoughts. You can challenge your thoughts. They don't all have your best interest. And you see where this ties into so many things we've talked about already, including mindfulness. And when we uh, did the off the shelf untethered soul and four agreements, because this is the kind of thing that's in all of those books is just acknowledging it's natural. Your brain might go there, but give yourself permission to pull your brain away, especially when we know that stress is a killer and stress it can do terrible things in our body. And we don't need to feel stressed and at the, at the whim or at the mercy of every other condition outside of us. So basically, if you follow along with that, you know, that you aren't your thoughts and your brain's lying to you a lot of the time, um, you can figure out pretty quickly how to reverse, a, you know, a scarcity mindset into an abundant one. Because you can start thinking like, when you, just realizing like, oh, those scarcity, scarcity thoughts, that's not real. Like, just because this happened doesn't mean you know, life is over and um, kind of 
train your brain into thinking more positive, more abundance. I hate Mm -hmm. to say positive because that's not necessarily true either. (laughs) Right. That there's going to be enough. I'm going to be okay. And we're going to solve this, that kind of a mindset, or I'm going to attract this. I say, when I started out in business, you have to have a bit of an abundance mindset to be brave enough to start your own business. You need, and, and that reminds me too, of have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. It may not work out exactly as you planned, but it may be something good. Yeah. So that's where we have our own plans. And if they don't go our way, we get very frustrated. But we don't necessarily need to. We should stay very open and and have our plans and do our actions and do what we need to do, but see where it takes us. And believe that it's going to take us somewhere good and it might not go exactly our way. Oh, it's such a balancing act. It really is. Like every day, sometimes it's like a tightrope walk across the the positivity, (laughs) the positivity canyon, right? Like, yeah. It's like a bicep curl. You know, your brain's going to go, I don't know, this might be a problem. And you're like, nope, come back. We're that good. was me. That was me yesterday. Yesterday, I just was like, "There's no point to anything, and what's 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 the point? Why bother?" That doesn't last long in me. And then this morning, I was up and did like 300 things that I should have did all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I think that's a really good modern example. Maybe you just needed a break, right? And then when you went back at it. You were 10 times as productive. And so I think we spend a lot of mental energy and physical energy beating ourselves up about stuff like that. Like if you're in a funk and you're, you know, not productive and it's a Sunday, just go with it. What's fascinating now is that you, I have you in my head. You're like my Jiminy Cricket. So when I do fall victim to my own self, I hear Kim say, just go with it. Just do it. And I'm getting better at giving myself permission to do those things. But I also appreciate when you pop in, like you usually pop in before I can give myself permission, (laughs) you know, and I'll remember that then. And I'm like, okay. And how changing that is. Like it's a physical change. I I feel myself relax and breathe differently. Um, just by saying it's cool, lay in bed and watch Netflix all day. You know, sometimes we need it. Life, winter, (laughs) busy, our busy modern lives are, are pretty stressful. And if we think about it and we really think back, I mean, times were stressful. I don't necessarily want to go back to olden times, but people did hang out more then we allow ourselves like there is a fast pace. There's a jam packed kind of feeling in a normal average person's calendar these days. So I think we don't, you know, families used to like just hang out on a Sunday afternoon for hours and hours and hours. And I think we tend to not let ourselves do that. We're running our kids around to sports. We're trying to squeeze the cleaning in before we go back to work. And and that's a lot. So to recognize that when you're broken down and you're like, I don't know why, but I'm just not productive at all. I'm just, you know, need to lay here or sleep late on a Sunday. It's no need to 
to bother yourself about it. I always say when I find myself kind of swirling or not being productive or being confused and walking around in circles, not sure how to tackle what I need to do, whether at work or my home life. Yeah, I just, I, I say maybe I just need to rest and then tomorrow I will be clearer. And then I use that time to just clear my head. And I think we could all do more of that. And serving as a representative for people without a life, uh, it also still <laughs> is like, you know, so we're isolated here in the winter. The roads are icy. You can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Or the one, like the one thing of plans you make just goes south. Um, that's mentally taxing to be here in this house every single day mm-hmm. and keep yes. up with my responsibilities and do all that stuff too. And I forget that. So I have that mindset of, well, I'm not already not doing enough. And then I take that for granted, you know, like, why am I so tired? I haven't done anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've just edited three podcasts and did 12 hours of work. Right. But it's exactly. nothing. Exactly. But it's nothing because you were just home, but yeah, you're doing right. tons of things. <laughs> I've actually now applied this. This may give everyone a little chuckle, but I've actually started to apply this to <laughs> to when I when I am confused or I'm not charging down that to do list. Like I have to really think, or I have to have a clear head when I sit with a client. So sometimes I'm actually working when it doesn't look like I'm working. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about something or preparing something in my head, um, or I need to just clear my head so that I am not too tired or distracted when I'm sitting with someone and I'm listening to them. So I've actually taken it to a new level of like just watching it again. It's about noticing it. So just notice, notice where you're at and you can be compassionate to yourself. You can be kind to yourself if you have one of those days where it's all about scarcity and you've been anxious and worried and overwhelmed and nervous and, and fearful. That's okay. Be kind to yourself, but you might want to just shift. And then, and here's some ways to shift it. Actually, there's, there's uh, like five points I wanted to share too, is number one, focus on what you have. So immediately shift, you might be feeling like there's not enough money or there's not enough time. You know, not enough time is a huge scarcity piece. Watch that pop up 50 times in a week. Not enough time, not enough time. Just pop up in your thoughts. So when you have any of those scarcity points popping up in your mind, a way to shift it is focus on what you have. So, you know, maybe if it's not, let's say it's not enough time. We'll use that as an example. I have enough time to do what absolutely needs to get done. Now that's kind of like a, you know, nuanced version that your being can answer the ego and say, don't get me all stressed out before I even start. <laughs> I'm that person who won't plan anything all day, even though like my appointment is until six o'clock at night, <laughs> but I can't, I can't fit it all in, you know, in the 12 hours or whatever that I'm awake before six o'clock, I, like just say, just doing the show, right? Like we do it later at night usually. And so I'll be like, oh, well, I, I'll have to wait till tomorrow because I have to record when in nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> so watch, yeah, the ego trying to find problems. Yeah. 
and make problems and just be on guard. And you're like, thank you, ego, but you can pipe down now and right. I'm going to get stuff I need to do. Uh, so focus on what you have is great. So even if you felt like there was a lack of something and be like, but I have a warm bed and I have food in my fridge. You know, it's, there's nothing too small. Just focus on what you do have, not what's missing. Um, two, surround yourself with others who have an abundant mindset. That's and, why we're friends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard being around a bunch of pessimists, especially when you're highly optimistic and you just want to shake everybody and be like, dude, missing it. You're just missing it. Yeah, that's stressful. That's very stressful for me. It can be a downer for someone with an abundance mindset. It could be very energy draining. That could be the energy drain for someone is being around too many people that have a scarcity mindset and you're listening to those conversations. Um, I had this beautiful commentary the other day uh, in book club that was about conversations, how our conversations were special because we're talking about these books and we're talking about it in a positive way instead of ordinary conversation might always go to scarcity, what people don't have, maybe even what bugged them this week and all the irritations. That's another area. Watch where the conversation devolves into, let me just tell you all the things that went wrong this week. And, it, and it's not to pick on the person that's doing that. I think the brain has that tendency. So watch your conversational styles and what might drain you versus excite you and inspire you. So being around others with an abundant mindset is important. Find them. Find those people and keep them close. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Attitudes rub off. <laughs> uh, find that glass half full friend. And uh, yeah, you're not going anywhere either. So I always <laughs> enjoy our conversations. Three, create win-win situations. So this addresses the scarcity mindset is if you win, I lose. Like, because there's only so much to go around. No. Versus rising tide raises all ships. There's enough to go around. Someone else's success is not taking away from you. It's so win-win situations, which that sounds like kind of an outdated term, but win-win situations keep reinforcing that it's not good for one and then bad for someone else. It's right. good. It, you can have that good, good. Number four, incorporate gratitude into your, into your daily life. So if it's extreme, the focusing on what you have to shift that energy was number one, you know, number four is incorporate gratitude into your daily life. So if you are always saying, I'm so grateful that this or that, or I'm blessed to have this or that, then you're constantly reminding your brain that you are not lacking. Right. And number five, train your mind to recognize possibilities, to see possibilities, to be open. That's what I should be, a possibility coach. There you go. I've just, <laughs> I, we've had a talk before about <laughs> moving forward in life. Yes. I could see the silver lining anywhere, right? <laughs> Can be you train people? 
be the infinite possibilities coach. Yeah. Oh, watch out, Oprah. Here I come. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. I mean, you're armed with this. You're in good shape. And, And talk about being resilient. If you can do this, you're not just an abundant mindset versus scarcity. You are resilient because to see possibilities rather than problems. The mind wants to naturally gravitate to problems because it might think they're dangerous, even though a lot of them aren't dangerous, dangerous to our lives. And then open to the possibilities is open to opportunity. The mind will see what it believes. So remember that what you believe you receive. And this is that law of attraction piece, or even the brain's neurobiology that says it's so strong. Your brain is so strong that if you believe, let's say you're a victim, you're going to see evidence of that over seeing evidence that you're not. Yeah. And to so that if you feel stuck in a particular mindset, someone, not you necessarily, I mean, anyone listening, if you feel stuck in it, I want you to know that if the belief is that you are stuck, you will feel stuck. And if you see possibilities and opportunities, or even, you know, just starting that process, it might be slow at the beginning, you're going to shift over. And what you believe you receive is a nice expression to keep you focused. It's pretty ironic. We came back full circle from what we talked about pre-show <laughs> about <laughs> delusional right. optimism back to kind of ending on the same note. That's pretty funny. Without a doubt. You see how these things all weave together. So it might sound redundant, but repetition is good. It's like that lifting of the barbell. You know, you don't lift a barbell once and get a muscle. You do it over and over and over again. So I want people to feel empowered to move towards an abundance mindset that there is enough you are enough, things are good enough that you can dream and be engaged in life and feel more good than bad. And that if your brain is pulling you to scarcity and worry that there's not enough, feel free to debate it. Feel free to bring, you know, pull it back over. Because, and I I know I've said this, the future is fiction until it gets here. So we might as well use our brain power, our imagination for our good, not our detriment. Not like, oh yeah, this is not going to be good for me. The future is not bright. Like I've talked to so many people, even in really bad situations, but the future is brighter. And I always have this sense and this feeling to tell them the future is brighter than today. Because I don't want them to feel too dark and too hopeless because time will move forward and certain things will resolve and certain things will lighten on their hearts and other things are going to fall into place. That abundance, something's going to give somewhere and a puzzle piece is going to fall into place to help. Yeah. If you open up to it and try, like you always say, what if it does work out? What if it's yeah. even better than I thought? You know, I think about that all the time. I Already in an abundance mindset, but I often think about that. What if it's better? 
Because I always forget to ask myself that question. Yeah, what if it's better? And that can that can help you make a shift because you might even already be positive, but then to think and then we think, well, we really want to make sure things go right, or you know, we make that money, earn that salary, maybe get that raise, um, find the love of your life, you know, all these things that we want in life. And instead of the worry, I hope this. What if this never happens? What if it's better than you even imagined? That's literally what I'm clinging to. (laughs) (laughs) That is my life rope right now. Hang on. Hang on to it. So thank you for this great conversation today. Yeah, it was very good reminder of what, of why the right mindset matters especially coming for where I was yesterday. So very timely (laughs) and very educational. Thank you. You are welcome. And uh, it's, it is, we can find the funk. So I do want to reiterate that for listeners. We get into funks, whether it's weather or a canceled trip or, you know, something's going wrong. That's okay. And we don't need to beat ourselves up about it. We can feel bad and shake it off and shake it off and move. <laughs> it reminds me of a song. Yes. Shake it I off. I heard it somewhere. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Tisha. Thank you. So it looks like it's all the time we have for today. That went fast. Always. It always feels like 10 minutes. (laughs) Well, we hope that you, everyone listening is feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page, or email us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. And we'd love to hear your questions and comments, so please keep them coming. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Kim Perone, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity compassion, and contentment.